I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. My friends, we are in for a real treat tonight. I am very excited to be reconnecting with my good friend and Sixth Sense Media co-founder, the author of Anunnaki Awakening, waiting anxiously for book two, by the way. My friend, Sixth Sense Media co-founder, Ray Davis, one of the most positive people I know. Ray, it's so good to have you on the show again, my friend. How the heck are you? Hey, Dennis, it's great to be back. I'm doing really well, you know, considering what's going on in the world. I think uh, I'm hanging in there. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I think you're doing great. Uh, you know, Ray, I, I look at his, his content on Facebook. Um, as all of you know out there in my world, I withdrew. Um, and, and I, but you know, I see Ray online, and we've connected off and on, not in this capacity. So, I'm, but I see him, and he's been consistently positive, and he's been engaging the challenging questions and, and the tough dialogues, and still keeping Ray's perspective on things. Hey, things are bad. We we're just talking about this before the show. Things may be bad, but you can still find some good in there. And uh, Ray, I just want to compliment you on that. So why don't you, why don't you bring us up to speed? Tell us what's been going on in your world. Things worth sharing. Well, you know what? Everything feels like 2020 has gone at warp speed. You know, it feels like time has been sort of compressed, at least from from my perspective. Um, you know, personally, we're, we're doing great. April and I both, uh, you know, have our day jobs that we work at home and we really enjoy being home together and we've had the chance to um you know see our grandkids off and on during this period once the quarantines you know are loosened um and just really trying to look for the meaning in this moment and i know it's been about six seven months since we talked on on the podcast but you know i, I feel like that's been a consistent theme for me through this is is looking for you know that it's the old oprah winfrey quote i think it's like what what can this situation teach me and that's that's really what i've been trying to come from and trying to keep myself on track and you know we all have good days and bad days but i think um i think that's really what's been focusing on and i and i've been uh, spending a lot of time um working on on revamping the affirmation spot and really trying to build that platform because i'm more convinced than ever that uh the time is now for information like that. 
You know, and you have a lot of things that I want to circle back to that you just said, Ray. Um, But I do feel right now is the time. I mean, do you have that feeling like this is the time we've been preparing for for a long time? Um, I I think it is. You know, I think, um, you know, I don't think we ever knew what that was going to look like. Mm -mm. Um, You know, was it going to be something disastrous or was it just going to be something where we couldn't, you know, kind of let the existing paradigms flourish the way they have without question. And I think, um, I think on all fronts, wherever someone comes down on what's been going on for the last six months or comes down on the the political scene right now, I think everybody has that feeling that um, something has to give, something has to change. And so I do believe that this is a, if not the big moment, you know, we've all wondered about, I think it's certainly stuff is the tremors of that for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, I feel like lately, this is the time that I, I've always envisioned myself. I, I never, like you said, I never knew how bad it was gonna be, but I, I always felt I was gonna be a part of some kind of great transition in the world. And as a kid, I used to envision like, you know, the apocalypse and I'm running from the city, getting to the mountains. You know, I always had those visions. Ironically though, the place that I envisioned myself running to is where I live right now. Uh, as we're going through this, um, you know, then I envision I, for years I would think about doing the podcast before I did it. And I thought, yeah, if something happens in the world, I'll be on there and, and putting information out. And I didn't get on as consistently as I wanted to, but I just feel connected to this time. And, uh, you know, I always say I'm thankful for my connection with you and the, and the reminders you put out there of, hey, things are bad, but things are also good. Depends on where your focus is. Yeah, I mean, you know, every you know, it's that old paradigm, you know, the the last half empty or half full, right? I mean, I know it's kind of a tired, trite um, meme, sort of, but I mean, it really is true. I mean, every situation has two ways to look at it, and and you know, certainly the 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 system, the institutions, the media, and everybody has tried to play up the negative side of this. So I, I feel like you know, when you're trying to be positive and trying to put that kind of a message out there, you're really just providing that sort of a message equal time. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, the negative is easy to fall into, um, but the positive, once you start to harmonize with that and make that your focus, I think that becomes easy to fall into as well. But it's sometimes it's stepping out of that funk, um, you know, to make that your practice. But it's all about where you focus on. And, and I'm guilty, you know, I, I struggle. So what, what would you say is your secret, Ray? Um, because again, I feel that you've been a consistent voice of the finding the positive side, and, and that doesn't mean you don't ask the hard questions. It doesn't mean you don't talk about the dark, scary stuff because you do, but you engage it in a way that is constructive. What's your secret? You know, you were talking about feeling like you know you were always destined for something, and I and I you know hate to sound. <laughs> sound like a, like a movie script or something, but I mean, I've always kind of felt that as well. And I, I, I you know, I, one of the reasons I started the affirmation spot is I, I knew that I'd been through a difficult time in life. And I thought that ideas like that were something that could benefit other people. And I think the time to, um, you know, put those kinds of messages out there, it's not the time to stop when stuff like this happens and just fall into that negativity. I think what it's time to really double down and, and try to reinforce that, you know, it is our mindsets that are helping to create a lot of these situations that we find ourselves in, both individually and collectively. And, you know, if we just, you know, give in to the, the negative, it's kind of like a black hole that's just going to suck us in. So mm-hmm. now is the 
put those messages out there even more than ever. But how do I do it? I mean, I, you know, there are days I have bad days. Just ask April. I, I have difficult days, you know. Uh, but I think it's 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 important to keep um, kind of a balanced perspective. Try to hear other people because you know everyone's going through stuff and everyone's processing it differently. And um, you know, I don't I don't get into attacks online and things like that about oh hey you you think this so you know I don't like you anymore that kind of right. thing. I hear everyone out and share my truth and hear their truth and hopefully we come to some sort of a uh, you know an agreement that we can disagree on some things but I, I really have one of the things Dennis and I don't want to monologue here but I think um, one of the things that's become crystal clear to me I think through this process and I'm talking specifically on the political side is I think you know our, our politics is broken in a way that we don't ever really get to the core issues I think if mm-hmm. you could line up the 15 or 20, you could probably make a good list, 15 or 20 things that most people in the United States and around the world much agree on, or at least agree are problems or things that we need to find solutions to. You'd find a lot of agreement there, yeah. but we get caught up on the, on the talking points and we get caught up on the, oh, this way or that way to, to do it before we even have that conversation. And it just, it just divides us in a way that prevents us from ever getting to those you know, to solutions to those problems that would really move us forward on this planet. Why do you think that is? I mean, we can go down a ton of rabbit holes on that one, but <laughs> why, I mean, I've got a thousand, you know, we could spend an hour on, on all that stuff, but why, why do you think that is that we can't, because I agree with you, why can't we figure that out that, hey, we're all kind of arguing the same thing, we just want our side to be the one to say it, or, we, you know, why, why can't we figure it out? Well, you know, it, I, I, I think it's partly conditioning. I, I think we've talked about many times over the years um, the way institutions in our society, you know, benefit from one standpoint or another from the divisions. And, and so, you know, kind of speak to sow those. I think it's partly ego. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people get so far down a line of argument that then they can't even retract back to something that's more sensible. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, it's, it's cognitive dissonance, right? I've been saying this on Facebook every mm-hmm. single day for months and months and months and months yeah. and months. And now I can't, I can't say, okay, you know, maybe I need to rethink that. I can't really go there. It's very scary for me to, to accept that. I'm being kind of psychological here, but there's a lot of psychology to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the other thing is that, um, you know, I think the other thing is, is that we have kind of lost touch with our humanity and and our aspirations we are so focused on our problems and our divisions and why i don't agree with those people and why you know this situation is so awful that we've, we've we've forgotten to aspire to something bigger we've forgotten that, that we may be here for a bigger purpose than just to get stuck in these problems we're maybe here to solve them or maybe here to transcend them or maybe here to move us forward using situations like we're facing right now. And I think we've lost that concept. I I agree. I think we've certainly lost our way. I wonder if that's part of the journey. Um, You know, and I I often wonder, maybe we are supposed to transcend this, but maybe not all of us are supposed to transcend this. I mean, things have seemed so weird to me synchronistically in ways sometimes where, and this is a total ego statement, but sometimes I feel like, man, this world is happening just for me. 
I'm sure there's some psychological term for that, but I've had conversations with people talking about events and events that are coming and, and agendas and things. I'm like, man, this is playing right out of my mind, things that I've thought about for a long time, to then hear other people say, hey, here's what's going on. It's like, is this happening for me? And, and is this a, a opportunity? What do I have to learn here? What do I have to do? Because I often wonder, is this just a big learning machine that we're in? Um, <laughs> and everybody's at a different level. Well, there's a lot of truth in that. And, you know, I've, I've been giving a lot of thought I don't you know there's been some debate during the pandemic around this idea of you know one of the you know ideas that's put out there right is that hey we're all in this together you know mm-hmm. let's pull together and there's a very positive aspect of that that we need to remember that you know we are kind of one in many ways and then there's kind of the contrary idea that hey we're not all in the same boat mm-hmm. you know? um, this hasn't been the same experience for everybody and I think I think life is kind of like that too and so I think you're right I think we live in a great complex machine, if you like that term, or, or just yeah. a, you know, a, a, a cosmos of some kind that is kind of built that way, so that it kind of feels like your own individual experience, and yet we're all kind of collectively having those individual experiences while we're having a collective experience a as well. Experience. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and I just keep coming back to you know, looking at, at some of these... Um, video games that are out there where you have multiple players coming in through their avatars and they're engaging and they're all at different levels of experience. They all have different objectives what they're doing there and everybody engages and some people move on and some people get stuck and keep playing the same level over and over again until mm-hmm. they, they learn and grow. And, and I feel that some people, the people that are fighting in the streets and experiencing that physical combat right now and that fear that may be something that they need to experience right now to go through. Now, I don't support it, but I, I think that on a on a spiritual level, maybe that is their purpose in this life right now. I mean, I think we all, if there's a grand design, I would assume then we all have a specific purpose, um, you know, to suit that design. Whether that's benevolent or not, I, I can't speak to. But But when you think of it that way, it's almost like everybody's running a program and they just have to follow through with their own programming. Yeah, and you know, I think you make a good point there. And I think maybe it's not only that those people need to experience this, maybe we all do, mm-hmm. you know. I, um, you know, in our human level, in our, our feeling, emotion, moment to moment existence, um, there, are, there are certain, you know, ethics and morals and values and things that we hold dear and, and, and that kind of thing. But I think sometimes if you can take that back to a spiritual place and we'll take something that's kind of removed from us right now but if you, if you take World War II for instance for example mm-hmm. um, you know there was a lot of negative negative things that came out of World War II I mean the atomic bomb the right. Holocaust you know there was you can go right down the line it was a bad six years for this for this planet um, but you know after that war you know a lot of things that were more positive came out of that mm-hmm. Um and I think that is the way, you know, to see these situations and these moments we get very emotional because we're human beings and that's what we are and yeah. we, and we do this. But if we can kind of take that step back and kind of be the observer of the situation, we might see that hey, everything is still kind of working out, working right. its way to towards some end that can be beneficial if we if we let it. You know, I'm glad you said that because I mean, if you go back and listen to my earlier shows, just going back maybe two years where I'm talking about where things are going in the world, I was going, you know, and, and 
I still hold some of these beliefs, but I was just focused on everything's nefarious. We're all sheep. They're using us and abusing us. Um, and I think that on one level, yes, we are experiencing that. There are elements whose purpose is to drive this change in a way that is negative and hurtful and scary and terrifying to us. But I also feel that there's another level to this experience where there are some amazing things that are coming from this. And I think that humanity is evolving. I think that we're, I think that evolution is being pushed and enhanced technologically through outside forces. And the end result may look, from an outside perspective, beautiful. From our perspective, it's terrifying because minds like yours and mine might not exist in that time space. But that doesn't mean it's the wrong or the a bad thing for the species collectively. And I think that's absolutely the case. I mean, I mean, just think about your own personal life, right? If you, if you, I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching TV. We all do that. But I mean, if you sit and watch TV every night, mm-hmm. um, that's comfortable. It's nice. It's kind of a nice thing to do in the evening and just kind of relax and whatever. But you never will kind of push forward with your goals and your dreams in life or, or, or to something higher. And yet right. it's really those moments of challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen this throughout my life with myself and other people. It's the people who've never really faced that difficult challenge in their life that are kind of going along on autopilot and right. not thinking more deeply about things. And it's really those challenges that make us kind of think more deeply about how things are working and what all this means. And then... Right it tends to propel us forward. And I think the same thing is true collectively. You know, I think if we look at our own individual lives, as kind of a, a metaphor for that. Um, it helps us understand that that work, you know, the whole world works that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, where would we be if mankind never got cold or hungry? They never would have harnessed the power of fire, you know, and look <laughs> what that has led to. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a rough challenge to be cold and hungry and eating food. That's no good. And, I mean, that's a really rough challenge, and, and I think that explains our lives so much. I mean, I know I am able to do the things that I do today because I went through a lot of really hard stuff. Some of it I chose to go through. Um, I'm not complaining about it at all, but it, it has... I mean, this whole show is because I watched my dad die. I mean, that's where how this journey started. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. And, I, and now you're at a point where it's like, yeah, I want my dad back, and I, w- I would give anything. But all this growth I've earned from his death, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. It's a tough, it's a tough realization, but I think there's a benefit to it. Well, I think if we see the whole, you know, the whole world is kind of this puzzle, right? I mean, your experience was driven by what happened with him. And that was part of his experience too, was going through that to be that puzzle piece. And I I feel like there's kind of a way that we all are kind of that way, right? I mean, you and I have talked about synchronicity of the way we met and, and the way we started talking and I know we've both had many experiences like that through our lives as the people listening and I think it's true that you know there's those people that are just the, the the core of your life and then there's the people that come in and they just they're just that right piece in the puzzle for 20 minutes or something mm-hmm. it's right in there and, and I think it's hard you know, it's like if you look at a puzzle really close up you can see all the borders everything and everything but if, if you get further away you just see the picture yeah and I think what we have going on here you know speaking of which talking a little uh you know uh, rabbit hole stuff there's a guy by the name of riz verk he wrote a book called i think it's the simulation argument it's about the simulation theory 
And I listened mm-hmm. to him on an interview with Whitley Strieber about a, a year, not even a year ago, almost a year ago. And they were talking about the subject of non-player characters, NPCs, in a, in a mm-hmm. video game. And, he, and they talked about the... And I, I wrote it down, like I was, I was getting ready to reach out to him, and then I think COVID hit, because I would love to have him on the show. He was just talking about, you know, it's possible that our reality system... And, and, and you know, who was it? Um, the, the channeler... Uh, she wrote Bringers of not Bringers of the Dawn, Keepers of the Garden. You know what I'm talking about, Ray? Oh yeah, you know names names escape me sometimes these days. I know, I I know that I've talked about her on the show. Anyway, yeah, um, she talked about them as the backdrop people, and basically it's people who um, don't carry what people would call a soul. They they exist mm-hmm. in this physical reality, and they just they, they they have a specific purpose. And it's like when you're playing a video game. After you achieve a certain thing, this person appears and says, you know, it usually rains on Sunday down at the graveyard. It's like a random thing to say, but you're like, oh, that's important. Let me go check out the graveyard. And that's where you go find the sword you need to kill the dragon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the possibility that these people exist and we may encounter them from time to time in our lives. And you know, I can think back to a few experiences I've had. It may not be a person. Sometimes it's an event, but it's like, man, that specific event created this thought or created this action that led me in this direction which completely changed the course of my life and you have to wonder was that put in there by the system well i think i think it's an interesting idea you know i i i tend to lean more towards the idea that that there aren't soulless people out there i think that we're all but i but i think we all do play those bit parts for other mm-hmm. people and their drama you know we're kind of the star of our own show right i mean right. and that's ought to be we but i think almost like I said in, in, in the process of putting that puzzle together it's like we kind of it's like if you watch ants working mm-hmm. you know they seem random but they know exactly what they're doing and right. I think that's this is I think we we are the ones that even though we are you know fully conscious in the star of our own life we walk in and play those bit parts for, when we're needed as kind of the backup as you talk about in someone else's life you know um, and we just show up at that moment for them and then we're gone it's mm-hmm. not it wasn't meant to be a relationship or anything else so I, right. But I think it's an interesting, an interesting idea. I'd be interested in you having him on and, and talking about that because I think that's a very interesting idea. Yeah, that'd be a great, a great conversation. Now, now thinking about that, Ray, I like what you said. How maybe other people, like we play those roles in other people's lives, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the ability to influence people's consciousness, and and you know if there is that higher order to things or some kind of agenda or plan or fate or destiny. Do you think that there's times where we may not be in control, even though we think we are, to put us in a certain position to influence somebody. Do you, you know, if there's an, a grand order and plan to all of this, do you think that suggests that maybe there's an element of control that we're not aware of? Well, so now, now I'm going to get into an, a level of, of an idea that I that I think is more than I can prove. But I, what I think is, is I think, you know, Dennis Mappy the second and 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 Ray Davis, we may not be aware of that plan. We may be playing that role and kind of being moved around you know the the uh the chessboard so to speak but i do believe there's a part of us whether you call it our soul or something else that had a a part and a plan and kind of coming here as this person right now and and maybe not every to every little detail but i think had a lot of say in in the way this was going to unfold for us you know yeah uh, for certain for certain experiences and so i think um 
I, I think, yeah, I don't think we understand why we do the things we do sometimes and maybe wouldn't have access to that knowledge. But I think at, at kind of a higher spiritual level, we probably do have an understanding of why, you know, why we showed up at that moment for that person or they showed up for us or, um, and, you know, you even get into karma and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have past interactions with these people and I owe them something, they owe me something, and that's why they show up right then because it's kind of like a, an obligation that's kind of being paid off in a way. Yeah, I, I agree, Ray. I think it's some, I, I do, I believe at some level we are aware of it and we agree to come in here and, and come in here with a plan. Um, you know, I, I can't remember which session it was, but Edward Reardon, I had him on, on this show and he was talking about a session he did where he was going out further and further and further. And he described something where, I think it was one of the um, Vimanas episodes where he was remote viewing Vimanas. I think he said he ended up viewing what was the equivalent of like your higher self. And I can't remember how he worded it, but I walked away from that going, okay, if what he brought back is accurate, then this is ultimately just a a benevolent experience where we're learning very difficult lessons in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was very pleased, although it was, it's terrifying to think about some of these things. I walked away with a sense of hope, like, yeah, you know, that, that does fit. That does seem like maybe that is what's going on that we're planning this out. I, I definitely think, for me at least, I mean, that that's kind of how I've made sense of it. You know, I know people have different beliefs and they have different ideas of what that is. Maybe for some people they feel like God has that plan, right? Or mm-hmm. the universe. Right. Um, and whatever you, in either way, it's sort of a higher power, right, so to speak, that, mm-hmm. that, that has, does have knowledge of the bigger game plan and you kind of have to trust a little bit that, hey, this individual self that's going through all these things right now, there is a reason, there's a purpose, there is a meaning to it so i yeah i mean i think what whatever however you get there i think that that it, it's uh it, it is comforting to know that but i think it also kind of helps remind you there's a reason for all of it and a purpose to it i i agree and, and i think wherever your perspective is on that gives you the the road map that you need to navigate that part of your journey so if, if you say hey i believe it's god from a, a you know religious dogma standpoint not right or wrong, it's right for you in that moment and it's gonna guide you on the choices that you need to make. If you're sitting here like me saying, I think it's AI or I think it's the matrix, that thought process and perspective guide, I mean, it guides me on the choices I need to make, which are much different than somebody who is in a religious context. Mm-hmm. So I think they're both valuable. And I use levels and I don't mean it as a one's better than the other, it's just, just different levels to this experience all depending on your perspective, which brings us back to what's going on right now you know, are, are you constantly in the valley of despair? Are you in denial? Are you positive about it? Are you taking advantage? I mean, there's people who made millions and billions of dollars off of World War II, not because they necessarily did anything unethical. They saw opportunity and they took it, you know? I think it's all in how we perceive things. Well, and I think we're seeing that right now. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, obviously, right. they to really profit hugely from this and they, and they probably have, but um, but yeah, there's a lot of people right now who are seeing this situation as an opportunity to come up with a new idea, a better idea, a better way to do something that probably you're going to prosper very, very well from those efforts when this is over, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for those of us, for all of us to remember that that's another option right now. There's an option to, to, to feel powerless and feel like, oh, you know, the virus is out there and it's, it's getting people and the political system's kind of a mess and all this chaos is going on. Or there's a chance to say, hey, 
how could I take this situation and better my life, better my situation, mm-hmm. better, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think back on, and I know I talked to you about like all the negative things that were affecting me right when we right when we got on the line. I, I hit poor Ray with uh, just a barrage of, yo, it's been so hard here, you know, because we haven't talked in a while and it all just came out. Um, but I, we then we talked about like just how I've been able to spend all this time with my kids and, and that's been such a positive experience that I've built, you know, with that relationship with my children. And, and during this time, although I wasn't able to podcast the way I wanted to, I did get a lot of opportunities for remote viewing. I did get to start writing my next book. And, you know, so I, there were opportunities for me to grow and, and organize my business. And, um, and and I think that if we can take advantage of those moments that we have, even, even in a hardship, what can, what can I learn from this? What can I, As you said in the beginning, what can I learn from this? I think we can come out of it better and wiser. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it really is a choice every day we get up and we can either, I mean, the negative is there and the manipulation, you know, we talked about back in March when we last talked there, you know, there are forces that are trying to manipulate this situation in a way that doesn't benefit most of the people in in this country or on this planet. I mean, it's, it's a fact of life that we have to deal with, but you know, we still have a choice within our sphere of, of influence within the realm of, that we can control for ourselves of how am I going to proceed? This is one thing I, you know, we're coming up on this election and it's, it's uh, whatever you think, whoever you're for, whoever you're going to vote for, or if you're not going to vote, or you're kind of fed up with the whole thing or whatever. I think we all understand that, that there's some potential for some chaos just because of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind people tonight, Dennis, and I, I said this, I said this in 2016, but I'm I want to say it again. If you look at the next four years, whatever they bring, whoever is sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the opportunity you have to change your life because of your mindset and your actions and the things you do is a hundred to one over who is sitting in that office. Mm-hmm. If you let, if you let your whole consciousness be who's sitting in that office, um, that will dominate your consciousness and that will decide your outcome. But you have a choice as a free being on this planet in this time and place with the faculties and abilities you have to make a huger, a much huger impact on your life than anyone in that office ever could. You're absolutely right. That, that echoes what, what I said last week is, did you spend the last four years hating one person and fighting to end that person out of your hatred? Or did you work towards the change, whether it was for you or for the community or, or the country? Um, and I, I think that's an important part that I, I hope people hear and take with them because there may be a lot of unhappy people once once this election's over. I mean, let's face it, we're split right down the middle. At least that's what it seems like. So half of us are going to be upset, you know. Um, so if you happen to be the side that's upset, what are you going to do with that energy? And how are you going to use that to better your situation, which can then have a residual effect on the situation surrounding you? Well, and to look back over the last four years you know, from the last election for the people who have found themselves in that space, you know, for the last four years or, or might project themselves out into being in that space, depending on how this comes out this time. You know, I, I, I would just say you're going to be four years. You are four years older than you were in 2016. And in 2024, you're going to be four years older. Your life is going to go on regardless of who's in that office. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're, you know, you can spend your energy there. And I'm not saying that it's our democracy is not important and that, you know, voicing your opinion and, and voting isn't important. I'm just saying that 
that if you put all your energy in that, you will be four years older four years from now and you will not have moved yourself forward because you're waiting for someone in some office somewhere to make decisions that are going to change your outcome and Absolutely. you right now i have i have some friends on you know on facebook and over the last four years it's just been the same thing every negative thing they could say about the person they don't like they put it up there and then they just keep saying we gotta get rid of them we gotta change it and that's all i've seen now, maybe they're doing things in their personal life that's not public but that's what you're putting out there that's what you're projecting to the world and it's a it's a significant amount of time and energy they put into just being negative about this person when you could be channeling that and, and building something with it. So I think that's very important to remember, right? It's a really good point. Well, and, and social media, you know, it, it has its ills and it has its, its positives, right? But I think we shouldn't miss the fact that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all, all these social media platforms have become part of our collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. So. It, that's what you're feeding out on Facebook every single day, maybe five, six, ten times a day. That is becoming a huge part of your consciousness. And you're also kind of infecting the collective consciousness with that negativity. And I'm, I'm just asking you to think for yourself. I'm not telling mm -hmm. you what to ask you to think for yourself. Could your energy be used and directed into something for your family and for you? Would that be more beneficial than all that energy kind of? poisoning the well so to speak you know i was looking at some some studies regarding like ai chatbots, very advanced uh bots that will have conversations with people and they learn from their conversations with you so if you if you go on there and you're total a total jerk to this thing because you think eh, it's just a computer program it doesn't matter then this thing develops an attitude and a funk and hatred and all these horrible things and you're like skynet it's going to kill us by, you know, we need to prepare and fight it and all this stuff. But if you feed that machine love and compassion and caring, the machine develops that, and it may not really have those feelings, maybe not yet, but it develops, it mirrors that, and optimism and positivity and love and support. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, all of these things we're afraid of, is it because these things are inherently bad or is it because they're reflecting the worst aspects of ourselves? And when I came across that thought, it floored me because, you know, I've been so against AI from the beginning. Oh, it's Skynet. It's going to kill us. And then I had that. And I've changed my tune. I still think it's dangerous, but I also think we're the ones that are feeding that danger. Absolutely. And you know, I think it's one of the older spiritual metaphors is that, you know, the world really is reflecting us in a way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for all of us, every one of us, that's not some spiritual master. I mean, there's days we don't really days, maybe weeks, months, years. Sometimes we really don't want to look in that mirror because that we, we would have to do something if we looked in that mirror and mm -hmm. understood that. And it's, it's scary, right? We don't want to see those things about ourselves, but I think it is that, you know, those unconscious subconscious, things that are kind of back there and, and and you know again there are forces in the world that understand the psychology of this and play on those things mm -hmm. and feed it and if you allow yourself to be you know if, if i've always said that if, if you know our, our minds are kind of vacuums and someone's going to fill it it might as well be you know with thoughts it might as well be you because yeah. if you don't someone else will and i think we see a lot of that going on right now i mean i can I go on Facebook and I, I, I kind of stayed away from my personal page. I've kind of been focusing on this new affirmation spot group that we've got going mm -hmm. because 
feel like I want to focus on the positive, but I do go through my friend things on all sides. And, you know, I, I, I can almost, without even going to watch what the talking points were on the news networks the night before, I can almost see them because I see people just kind of repeating probably what Tucker Carlson or yeah. Ray Maddow or someone said last night, point for point for point. And, and sometimes for the other work I do, I go watch those things and I think, oh, that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Like people are just regurgitating the stuff, not thinking through it, not sifting through those things. How do I feel about that? Is that right? Is that getting us where we want to go? They're just reacting and putting it out there. And um, yeah, I think we need to be more conscious about our thoughts and about the things we put out there. It scares me when I, and and, and this can come back, you know, as a teacher, I'll see this comes back to our education system. It scares me when I hear people putting this stuff out that's a, a complete parrot of what was said on the news and they're saying it with confidence and they're saying it from a position of empowerment and knowledge. And they may have the, what they're demonstrating is very good recall, you know, but that's a lower level of knowledge and understanding. It, it, it's not demonstrating synthesis. It's not critical thinking. It's, it's saying, yep, I know what I've been told. I know it and I know it with confidence. Great, you know it and now you're believing it, but are you questioning it? And so many mm-hmm. people aren't because again, it harmonizes. Cognitive dissonance kicks in and it's easier to be like, I'm right than to think, Maybe I'm wrong, and that because that's a tough, that's a tough journey to take, as as you and I both know. Well, and it's it's made doubly um, destructive because I think you know, based on the work you and I have been doing for a long time, we understand that that the media is one of those institutions that has its goal to kind of divide us in a way, mm-hmm. and so they are putting information out there by and large, frankly. Um, whichever you know flavor it is that you like to watch and listen to, um, that that does you know hit on our emotions, play on the psychology, and, and kind of other you know use that use the word otherwise, right? The other group and and create this chaos. So when we get on Facebook or we get face to face with each other, we can't even talk because we're so mad at them. We don't even know why we're mad at them because it's, right. that's what they TV about them, mm-hmm. you know? Because you become so inflamed with whatever the trigger is and, and the the talisman for lack of a better word and then you start affiliating people with that category and you know we did an experiment with the crypto team where we were sending intention it's based on like the Maharishi experiment and um, what was the other one and the the heart math research where you can basically send energy and, and it has a, a measurable impact on a, a person an event an object a time period um, so we did an experiment with that. We got very favorable results, you know, kind of proving that this is what happens. I think the same thing is happening with these ideas. People are sending particular energy to it, and then once they associate that that event, that person, that belief system with someone else, they immediately project that energy on another person, and it's an instant hostility. You know, instead of saying, "Hey, well, maybe this person does support this person that I hate, but why?" What's their reasoning behind it? Instead of getting, oh, you're a horrible person, you're a racist, you're a fascist, you're whatever it is that, that you know, is these buzzwords that trigger people and find out, well, oh, like you said at the beginning, oh, they actually do want the same thing that I want. They just think there's a different way of getting it. But instead, mm-hmm. the focus is, you support this person, you're bad. Well, and, you know, we have a long history in our country of doing that with other countries. We've done that for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's- by wars and I think what's changed in maybe the last 15 
to 20 years and, and maybe even very specifically in the last four or five is that we've kind of turned that mentality on each other. Um, you know, it used to be like we could we could get, you know, ourselves whipped up for a war with Saddam or, or whoever, right, the bad, evil dictator and, and, you know, that sort of thing. But now it's like we've kind of turned that mentality on our fellow Americans. And and it's it's scary because I hear people saying, you know, words that you wouldn't, that you, you know, saying things that they think could happen. And again, we're creating the reality. All of us collectively are helping create this reality. So the mm-hmm. more people that are thinking these things are helping to create this. Right. Same like it's 1860, right? Um, that we're like, on the verge of some sort of a civil war or something over all this thing, you know, and honestly, if we keep going with this out of control, um, partisan thinking that never gets to questioning things, never gets to finding solutions that we could all find benefit from, only sticks to these talking points, we probably are headed towards something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But we will created it and we shouldn't we shouldn't kid ourselves that we we both sides, all sides, had a role in creating and manifesting that reality if that's where we go. Yeah, and, and, and we can sit here and say we're being manipulated, which we are, but we're still making the choice to follow that manipulation. Yeah. And that's and that's the ownership part right there, which a lot of us we don't want to do because you know, what I keep saying is you you a lot of people, I say you, I don't mean you, but you know, People out there are focused tactically. They're focused in the moment. They're looking at, oh, I need to win this battle. But they're not thinking about, well, what happens afterwards? What is this person who I'm beating or this group, how are they going to come back from this? What are they going to want to do? Is it going to be peaceful or is it going to make my life more of a struggle now as a result? What is the, and we're not thinking like that. We're just thinking, mm-hmm. I, I need to win and cut you off and, and oppress you. I don't care about the consequences. And that's a, that's a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've we've had so many parallels. Again, these things don't pop up out of nowhere. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you think about, um, we, you know, you think about our education system. I know you're a teacher, and I, I don't, and I, I have teachers in our family, but but our education system, in a lot of ways, is teaching this. Instead of thinking, it's trying to teach you to get the right answer. Right? It's horrible. That, right? It's horrible. Yes. And. And that's exactly what we see in the politics we were talking about a minute ago. It's like I get my talking points every night on the cable news network. Right. And I know I know the truth now because I have the right answer. And that's what we've been taught. And and, and the short term thing, right? The short term battle thing, if you know, millions and millions of us work in corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. And there's no thought of what what's the five year plan? How does our company benefit society beyond, you know, maybe the marketing department doing things to try to to try to you know make us appear like we're a, a, a conscious corporation, right. but it's always about the next quarter, right? What do we do? That's that's really what it all comes down to because yeah. they all have to Wall Street every quarter and report on what their earnings were and why they didn't hit the number they were supposed to get. Mm-hmm. That's the way we think about everything. We don't have long term thinking. And I remember watching something years ago, and this has always stuck with me. Um, it was a Bill Moyers special, and he was interviewing this uh, this Native American uh, wise man, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. really old gentleman at the time that's probably 30 years ago and he said that we need to have the mentality of a tree because a tree doesn't think in terms of days or months or years a tree thinks in time terms of decades and centuries because that's the lifespan mm-hmm. and i think that's the way we need to start thinking yeah. is more what is the long term where, where do we want to get as a society as a planet as a species and stop getting caught up 
in these momentary, almost um, adolescent arguments that are all about emotion and not about wisdom and not about aspiration and, and, and get to something bigger and better. And we just can't as long as we're stuck in this this morass of emotion that we're not even, it's kind of being fed into us and we're just kind of spewing it out without a lot of thought in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're right, right. And, and it's driving our uh, our actions and it's, it's manifesting that exact society that Everybody says they don't want, but they're not. They're not getting in the right headspace for it. You know, we we've got uh, probably about ten minutes left, Ray, and I don't I don't think our show would be complete if we didn't at least touch on the UFO topic. It's been kind of in the background. It's come out in a, in a, in a few stories, um, but w- you know, what's your take on things? What are you seeing? You know, what do you think's most significant right now? Well. I, I, I think that we have had disclosure, and I think you and I were pretty much maybe in agreement on that a, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. I mean, there's not really any debate anymore that this stuff is going on. I and mean, we've seen congressional hearings about it, something we've all always wanted. We've seen the Pentagon come out and say, yes, we do have these tapes. We don't really know what they are. We're trying to figure that out. Um, and so I think we, we, we've had that happen, but I, I think we're still not asking the deeper questions. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because we're, I wonder if, if the timing of this coming out has been during all this other chaos in a way to like, let it get lost in the noise a little yeah, bit. Because I think so. There's some big questions we should be asking ourselves about what this means um, and how we should proceed. And, and those questions just are not getting asked mm-hmm. during. So, um, I'd be curious to think what, you know, we haven't talked in a while. I'd be curious to know what you, what you're thinking about it right now. Absolutely. Let me just follow up to what you said to that first. And I want to think, I want to ask you, what do you think is the biggest question that's not asked? Well, I think what it, what it means for our civilization. I mean, mm-hmm. that's always the biggest question. It's like, if there are beings out there that are advanced, it's not speculation anymore. It's not, you know, mythology or whatever, which I think, you know, you and I both agree that, Obviously, this information and, and the evidence of this has been out there for a long time, but it's it's what does that mean for human society? That mm-hmm. one here and two, how long have they been here and been involved? I mean, are they are they participating in some of the stuff we have we see going on on the planet? Are they here to help us? Are they here to you know to our detriment? What 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 are what is their agenda? I think those are when you encounter something that advanced. You should be asking those questions, not just how do we, not just how do we shoot them down, right? That's, right. that's not the only question we should be asking. And I, I don't think that they're not asking those questions, but they're putting that perception out there, and they're avoiding those questions publicly. The government agencies, mm-hmm. Congress, um, and, and the media that's been covering these, and I, I've been slamming the media on this for a while. And I think a very important question to ask is who's or what is flying these craft? They're, they're acknowledging that they that we don't know of any country or civilization that can do it. So without saying it, they're saying it's a civilization external from any known civilization. Now, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll t- be the first to say well, that doesn't prove they're alien. They're allowing right. that assumption to be out there. They could be in right. Earth. They could be ocean. They could be. They, I mean, they could be interdimensional. There's so many possibilities of what they could be. But that question's not even being asked. Publicly, I, th- I think I, I would really hate. To, I'd be really afraid if our intelligence community 
didn't ask that question. I find that impossible that nobody's exploring that. But every interview, and I would have to assume that's probably because it's off limits to ask that question, to get people thinking about what might be out there and has they infiltrated us. Because then the next question is, when you think about that, is, well, what's flying them? And were every was everybody who ever said they've been abducted, were they telling the truth? Mm-hmm. That is a, a paradigm shifting. And if we had the right news coverage, if they brought these close encounter, credible people, people that you know are, are stable and, and know how to present themselves, the media with their gallant talent for spinning a story, they could really do an uh, amazing coverage of, look at all these thousands and probably millions of people who have reported these accounts, listen to these accounts, here's what's in common. They could really shift the paradigm in a matter of days, I would say, with the right stories. Well, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, if, if, if we turned on, I, guess, I, I would bet if we walked over to you right now and we turned on, you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, they're spending the night breaking down last night's debate and mm-hmm. arguing the same stuff we've been talking about for the last hour. And I have no doubt, you know, that our intelligence agencies are probably asking these questions because they're, they're concerned from a security or a national defense standpoint. But... Mm-hmm. I agree with you. This is a dialogue, a, a thing that our entire civilization should be having, and it really is bigger than an election. It's bigger than even even the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, this is a long, if that's what's going on, um, knowing what that's all about for, for good, ill, or, or, or whatever, uh, is more important to the future of our species on this planet anything any individual thing we have going on right now. And the fact that we're not having a broad and constant discussion about that is is uh, not surprising, but it's it's just, it's, it's a little frustrating and terrifying on it. <laughs> it's alarming because, I mean, for all we know, whatever they are could have a hand in what's going on. If you want to sure. call them a threat, you know, to justify creating a space force and to, you know, justify building more weapons, well, then you have to consider the possibility that that threat has infiltrated us because their technology is so advanced. So why aren't we taking more uh, publicly known measures to addressing that? You know. Well, and we we would we would be foolish. So, I mean, you know, it could be that they're benevolent, and 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 I think there probably are some that are that are benevolent and have our best interests, and maybe they prevented all this from flying apart when it already would have. Right. But you need to think about it. I think think about it this way i think think about how if if, if the United states wants to um destabilize a country someplace they send the cia in and what do they do they they foment you know they foment um protests and they put out propaganda and they do all sorts mm-hmm. of things try to manipulate the population into believing what we want them to believe about their leaders about their situation whatever and we're not even that much more advanced than right. the people in that country. Think about someone on a level or two beyond us, how much chaos they could cause if they wanted to by just using those same tactics. Mm-hmm. And it makes you stop and ponder when you see what's going on in the world. You know, I, I don't think this gets enough attention, but I've seen enough, I'll say evidence in, um, in from a variety of sources a lot of which I think are very credible, and I talked about this two weeks ago, the AI component of what's happening now and the connection to the Roswell crash and Colonel Corso's testimony 
you know, mm-hmm. and I went on a thread on this two weeks ago, just talking about he. It was one sentence. He was concerned about the these computer chips, and he wondered if they were intentionally seated here. And we've mm-hmm. built. And I mean, what if we've built our own Trojan horse? I mean, we we've talked about the scary, dangerous things of AI. What if there's a greater AI out there that's so advanced that sent a piece of its tech here to crash? And then to be eventually built, and then one day that signal is going to get turned on and connect, and all of a sudden that's it, you know. And it's currently dividing us and, and distracting us and putting us in a point where we're very vulnerable as a planet, as a species, right now. Well, and I, I think people would say, Mike, Mike, counter that and say, well, you know, how could something that happened seventy some years ago, how could just finding a chip and having to you know, if, if you're talking about beings that are able to reason on, you know, several levels above us, mm-hmm. that may be a very short amount of time to strategize right. something like that. It's like a long plan. game. It's a long game. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and yeah, they're going to find it. They're going to play with it. They're going to make it better. Eventually, it's going to, you know, get to where we are now and, and to where it does have a huge, you know. I mean, I don't think anyone, even benevolently, could... <laughs> could argue that um, AI and our technology has a huge role in our world right now, maybe bigger than any of us really know, but right. where we're headed next, um, you're right. I mean, that could be, it could have been a, a Trojan horse that was planted a long time ago by somebody. And, and I, it, it, again, these are questions that are like people think might think are fanciful given all the challenges we have, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think they are. I think they're questions we have to be asking. I agree. And I don't think that's any different from you know, Terence McKenna's theory of the high ape that he, he attributes conscious evolution to an ape that accidentally ingested uh, a magic mushroom, the Amanita muscaria. He said, the ape, you know, he, he goes through this story in his book, I forget which book it was, one of his early books. He said he ate the mushroom and he had a psychedelic experience and he argues that the mushroom is an intelligence, which I have never tried the mushrooms, but I, I do believe that plants do carry an intelligence and the mushroom through Terence McKenna has said that, you know, it, it hurls its spores through space until it can interact with another consciousness and learn. And it, in exchange, it, it imparts knowledge on whoever communicates with it, has communion with it. And I, I, I don't think that's any different from maybe what that AI theory that I'm throwing out there now. It hurled its spores of technology through space until it found a civilization. And this is the impact that that knowledge is having now. It's quite mm-hmm. possible. Absolutely. Very, that's a very fascinating idea, and amazing that he came up with that so many years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and when you when you look at, I'm fascinated by the all the people that have communicated with plant intelligence, what they learn and where it comes from. I mean, it just, it just. That's why I'm thankful for this show and and for like my connection with people like you, Ray, is because this has kept a mystery in my life. It's kept a sense of adventure. Even when things have been dark and terrifying and scary, uh, you know, as, as Morpheus says, it's the question that drives us. And it's this just desire. It's like solving a puzzle. I guess some people do crossword puzzles on, on Sunday. I think about aliens, you know, and, and just trying to understand this reality has been a lot of fun at the end of the day in trying to figure out what's going on. Well, it's part of that, you know, like you say, it's a journey, it's an adventure, and it gets us out of, I, I feel like a lot of this um, stuff that's in the, new, you know, in the news uh, stream that we've been talking about is, 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 is in a way, although it does go to the core of who we are and everything, because it, 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 
it goes in us and it kind of comes out of us and it, and it creates things in the world. I think it, it's kind of a distraction from these bigger questions and mm-hmm. issues that, that a more um, advanced and evolved situa- civilization would and, and probably should be asking at this point, you know, and it, and I think every day we spend continuing down the line of thinking that we're on and not asking these sorts of questions and pursuing those possible truths, I think is a day that we're not, we're not advancing in that way. Well said, Ray. I think we need to keep asking those questions and keep exploring those answers. Even when we think we have an answer, I think we need to question it. And uh, we're, we're coming up on the, on the end of our hour here, Ray. And uh, first, it it fly it always flies when we when we get to connect we need to do this more often hopefully hopefully life starts to continue to stabilize for us and we can get back to you know some regular conversations before we uh, go to final thoughts can we get an Anunnaki update how's the book coming so um (laughs) (laughs) oh it's a weighted question I can hear it sorry (laughs) I'm I'm just gonna be honest with you guys the app with all the stuff that's been going on this year, I really feel like the affirmation spot has been where my energy should be focused. And mm-hmm. so that's what I've been focusing my energy on. Um, the book series is something I do want to come back to at some point in time. And I, I thought about doing a, like a Patreon, right. Or maybe just for like a dollar a month, mm-hmm. I might do a chapter, you know, and do it that way. So I don't feel like this pressure to write the whole rest of the book at one time. Right. Um, and I may look at an avenue like that, but right now um, I don't have a you know a a finish date. I know that's probably what some people listening don't want to hear, but um, I, I really do feel like this this thing right now around mindset and around um, the things I'm doing with the affirmation spot platform are have a chance to make a bigger impact on the world. I guess, and I almost feel like when I'm spending time on the book, it's it's kind of like um, almost selfish in a way. <laughs> right. You know, I, I completely understand. And and as somebody who's intuitively driven, I think that's what you're tapping into. And as I as I look back on my book, you know, when my my last book, when I started writing it, I had this whole idea in my head, and it is nothing like what I initially thought it would be. Because over the five or six years that I wrote the book, I grew. I had experiences, and there was times where I put it down. And then I talk to you, and, and I'd be like, all right, I got to get back up and, and get ready. I mean, you, you really encouraged me through that process, but I, I, I wasn't responsible enough. I didn't have enough experience and, and information to, to turn this book into what it was when I started writing it. And that might be what you're going through right now. It's your intuition saying you need to go through this experience right now because there's an element in this part of your journey that's going to be crucial to the production of that book. That could be five years from now. Yeah, which isn't the time, you know. And I think that's absolutely true, to be honest with you. I, I think that is part of what's been going on. I think mm-hmm. that part of the reason I haven't written the rest of it is because I don't, I, I am still taking things in that I think will eventually be in the outcome of that product. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's a very good point. Well, that, that's good, Ray. I'm glad, you know, that you're putting your efforts on the affirmation spot. You want to give us, um, you know, some plugs on the affirmation spot? Anything else you want to say about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of revamping on the website right now, affirmationspot.net, not .com. And um, we have just started a new Facebook group called The Affirmation Spot. So if you're on Facebook, come on over and join us. It's uh, I had a page for many years, and I still have it, um, where I can post stuff, you know, kind of one-way conversation. But I really, in this time right now, 
wanted it to provide a place where we could share positive messages and positive information with other people. And it's taken off just in the last couple of weeks since I started it, and I'm really excited about that. So if you're on Facebook, come and ask to uh, join, and we will get you in and get you exposed to some positivity on Facebook. You know, if there's one of Ray's many talents is an ability to create a community through dialogue. And that's what I love about the affirmation spot because in see every day now it pops up on my news feed because I check it regularly so the algorithms continue to feed it to me. And the members of the group are all sharing memes and ideas and, and some of it's funny. Um, you know, but it's all positive and uplifting as opposed to the negative stuff I see from everywhere else. And I, I like getting that reminder every day from the people within the community that Ray is building. Uh, so I'll have the links to that in the show notes as well um, to the Facebook group because I, I think it's a wonderful thing that Ray's doing. Um, so affirmationspot.net, I'll have that link up as well and look for the Facebook group. Ray, any final thoughts uh, for our listeners out there? Just guys, just know that our thinking you know, I, I think my new kind of tagline I've been using with the affirmation spot is, is put your mind on your side. And I think that's so important right now because um, there's a lot of people trying to fill our thoughts up with different agendas. And we really need to own our thinking and own our reasoning and and move through what's about to go on in this world. As we've talked about really early on here, um, there are some positive things that can come out of this, but it's only going to happen if we are consciously moving through that. So I would just encourage everybody to really think in those terms each day when you get up. And it's a struggle because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of gravity in that other stuff, but you can kind of make your own way through this and and find that, uh, that peaceful, prosperous spot. Great advice, Ray. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I look forward to when we can do it again. Absolutely, my friend. Always happy to. And to everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. Ray Davis of the Affirmation Spot, Affirmation Spot, Net. You can find his first book, uh, The Anunnaki Awakening. It's on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net. Fantastic read. It gets you thinking about the Anunnaki, our ancient past, and their influence on society today, which may be highly relevant based on the conversation we just had. So check that out. Again, SixthSenseMedia.net. We'll have the links to his book as well and to the affirmation spot. And that about does it for this episode of The Secret Podcast, my friends. I'm Dennis Snappy the second with Sixth Sense Media and The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Let your intuition be your guide. Thank you.
water, my friend, my friend. 